Heather, thank you for being on the Right Boundless podcast. Uh, I got your message where you were sharing that you shot a gun. First of all, that you traveled to 50 different states, which that alone is accomplishment. Uh, and let alone you shot guns in 50 different states. How was that experience? How, how do you, first of all, what made you get into seeing 50 different states and what got you into guns? Uh, it was an amazing experience. And um, I would say my husband was the one who got me into guns in general. But yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I wanted a fun adventure. What do I love to do? I love to travel. I love to shoot. I love America. So I just whipped them all together and I got to shoot a gun in all 50 states. That is the most simplest, awesomest story that explains everything. <laughs> So where, where, where are you originally from and, and how did your adventure, how did you plan it out? I'm originally from Long Beach, California. And are you in, yeah, LBC. are you in Los Angeles area? Yeah. Studio City. Yeah. Cool. So you guys actually had a bit, pretty big win yesterday concerning second amendment rights when the California rifle pistol association, they sued the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department because the uh, Sheriff's Department is taking way too long on their concealed carry permit. So good for them yesterday. Hopefully that speeds up the process for y'all. But yeah, That's I lived in California for 39 long, amazing years. And uh, my family and I, we just moved to North Carolina. Uh, we were in Huntington Beach. So they called it like Surf City. And we literally moved from one Surf City to another Surf City. We're in Surf City, North Carolina right now. That's so awesome. How's that? How's that? How are those opposites real quick? Well, we're still on the coast and it's nice because the ocean's warm out here. I feel like in California, the ocean is just freezing like all year round. So out here, it, it warms up in the summer and like you don't even flinch when your toes go in. So that's been nice, but um, much more like country out here. I was able to get a horse, so loved a horseback ride. So it's been a good move for sure. That's awesome. Now, uh, real quick about your move. You didn't move because of gun laws, did you? I mean, it was part of it. If I'm being completely honest, it's definitely been a plus. It's been so eye-opening when you move from a state like California where, I mean, California is the only state in all 50 states you have to have a background check to buy a box of 22 ammunition. Um, so to come out here and just, you know, put cash on the cashier's desk and walk out with however many rounds you want, or you can meet. I mean, it's kind of endless. If you could order ammunition online, have it sent to your home, you could buy whatever you want pretty much out here. There's no, you know, we're not shackled to a roster. You could buy, I bought two guns in one day. I saved up my money. Um, there's no magazine capacity laws. So it's very different. I actually uh, started teaching concealed carry out in North Carolina and just the differences alone are, are pretty eye-opening. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's very sad how, how crazy it is. And I, and I do, I mean, I, I want to understand, but I'm not even going to say I understand why it is like that. I mean, LA is a melting pot and you have just so many different, you know, people, all different places and religions and beliefs. Uh, I mean, without guns it's already crazy enough but that's more reasons to get guns you know because like <laughs> I've, I've owned i've owned guns for you know i've owned guns over 20 something years you know I got, I got a decent collection but it's so dumb that i can't carry it's so dumb that if i carry i have to worry about getting arrested if i carry i have to worry about getting penalized you know when all the right. criminals are just you know doing whatever they want 
And, and that's mm-hmm. something that people don't understand and get. So you, you explain why you moved and where you're at. How did you, how was your passion from guns? Did you grow up with guns? When were you introduced to guns? No, I feel like it's probably a similar story with a lot of people in Southern California where my dad had him. He was like, you know, it's under the bed. Don't touch it. It's in the closet. Don't touch it. And he was a big surfer. He taught me how to surf. So other life lessons involved. But it wasn't until I met my husband, Tyler. Um, He was in the Navy. And then he also worked for the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Um, And there was times where he was also with the Navy Reserve. So he'd be gone for about three weeks. I had a little one at home by myself. And I was like, I need to learn how to protect myself, especially while you're gone. Like, there's no use of having a gun in the house if you don't know how to use it. Like, like throw it at a bad guy, right? So um, he he really made sure I was proficient. And then I actually started working for the California Rifle Pistol Association. And that's kind of what launched everything. Like, just um, kind of really understanding the importance of not only our Second Amendment right, but just our constitutional rights in general. It's it's very important, uh, and any gun enthusiast would say the exact same thing. Lately, I kind of fell into a rabbit hole that it's not just our gun rights; it's all our rights. Like we really should study and learn all our rights and how to exercise them. You know, especially. Yeah dealing with police officers, uh, you know, working with our guns, uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, later I want to bring up a little story that I heard differently, but I don't want to actually even say it in the podcast because it, it was just so bad, you know, that, okay. you know, I, I feel bad for the person and, and the circumstances ended very bad for them that, you know, it's mm-hmm. just not even worth talking about, uh, on, on air. But, um, but yeah, just just our rights. It's 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 not just our run gun rights that get abused or taken advantage of. You know, little little by little, every day we lose more and more rights. Yeah, so and very- it's so hard. Like if you lose your right, like you know, a gun right, it's almost impossible to like vote your way to get it back. It's just once it's gone, I feel like there's little yeah. hope to get it back, or it's gonna take decades to get it back. And and forget about losing our rights. This is not about losing our rights. This is about us giving up our rights. That that's yeah. what people don't realize. You know, we're, right. we're we're doing this. We're we're believing this agenda that like, oh, we should, yeah, why why to have a gun? And then the scary part is is that when you get into circumstances like COVID nineteen, and then there's mm-hmm. like the riots going on, and then all these random people. You know, I mean, people called me and said, hey, can I use one of your guns? No. Nope. Yep. You know how many of those people bought a gun? And I was like, okay, good, you bought a gun. But now you know how many of those people trained with the gun? Zero. You know how many of those shot the gun? Zero. I I was having a conversation, which actually the episode's going to publish tomorrow. Um, It's, I ideally, this will never happen, but you know, like if you're going to get a driver's license, it would be cool if you had to do a day course of riding a motorcycle. And and it's not oh, okay. because you, it's not because you I want people to ride motorcycles, but I want you know how like when you know somebody that rides a motorcycle, all of a sudden you pay attention to motorcycles. Yeah, like that's it. You create awareness. You create mm-hmm. awareness. And 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 I wish there was like something where it's like, hey, you know, you you should learn how to use a gun. If you want to buy one, buy one. But if you don't buy one, you should at least take a course. And by taking a course, there's a tax write of a there's some kind of incentive. So people mm-hmm. at least get that experience and, and know what to do in, in, in a situation. And they'll then decide, hey, that felt pretty good. I want to learn more. Or 
hey, I understand the powers of guns and I understand the safeties and I understand the laws and, you know, et cetera. So yeah, that's um, a great idea. Yeah, I, 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 that'd be an awesome thing, you know, again, and especially with motorcycles. And it's funny because what I want to see for guns, I want to see for motorcycles as well. <laughs> but uh, that's not the case. So let's talk about the experiences of, of each 50 state. Well, not each 50 states, but you highlight. <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the polar opposite of California? Is it every other state or is there... Polar opposite. That's a good question. Well, I had never known that um, shooting ranges like the one I visited in Idaho existed. This was outdoors. You show up and there's a little tin can that said donations. <laughs> like usually the indoor outdoor ones were pretty expensive. You had to fill out this long form. You had to watch a long video and leave your ID. And then this was just like out in the woods. It was gorgeous. It was so beautiful and secluded. And it was just like this private range that you go shoot your gun and clean up after yourself and leave. So that was pretty eye opening. As far as gun laws go, the one that really stands out would be Vermont. So Vermont actually wrote into their state constitution, constitutional carry in 1777. They're the only state that has zero permit. There's nothing written. There's no tangible anything, which is cool for them. But at the same time, it kind of hinders them a little bit because some states, like the one I'm in, North Carolina, we reciprocate with every state but Vermont because they don't have anything like tangible to show. Like it's just their driver's license. I'm from Vermont. I have this inalienable right that I can open, conceal, carry, whatever I want to do. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah. that's wild. Just donation and bada bing, bada boo, and yeah. start shooting. And yeah. and do you do you have you had any any um, experiences? Let's talk about a scary experience. Have you ever had a, an experience at a gun range where you were like, "Well, I don't like the way this is operating," versus you know, there's other places that run safe, that do it safe. Is there a place that run it safer than others? Or you're in, in a community where it's like everybody knows what to do and you feel good all around. I did take my range safety officer certification. So I have that. So maybe I do have like an eye. I feel like every range I've been to, they have been pretty good about things. Um, as far as cleanliness goes, <laughs> that's a whole other subject. Like there are some ranges like you just kind of never know when you walk in like, is this going to be nice and well kept or is this going to have a bathroom you would not wish on your worst enemy <laughs> type of feel yeah. but as far as safety goes i think um like the owners they know how important safety is so they're going to hire people who are really on it when it comes to range safety yeah and and what do you think i'm i, I kind of know what you think but what do you think are, are some of the most ridiculous laws in California compared to other states? Besides some, all of them. <laughs> Besides yeah. All of them. Okay. So there's some cities that made an ordinance. Uh, a lot of them are in like Southern California, San Diego and La Mesa. They are making a law where um, even if there are zero minors in your home, you have to legally have to, uh, you have to have your firearm um, stored, like locked without the ammunition. 
So if any burglar were to come in, you have to be like, time out. Let me go to my safe and unlock it and put my ammunition in my magazine and then put the magazine in. Okay, now I'm ready, burglar. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you're just so handcuffed in there. I just feel like in California, another thing, too, that doesn't make sense is all these politicians who are for gun safety, the district attorneys are eliminating gun enhancements, meaning if you commit a crime with a firearm before you would have like more years tacked onto your sentence, but they're like, oh, he committed a crime with a gun. Nah, no big deal. No, no more gun enhancement. So to me, that makes no sense. I think a lot of people who do support the Second Amendment and are um, responsible gun owners, like we want the bad guys who are committing crimes with guns to go to jail. But for some reason, it's almost like they want to make, um, you know, all responsible gun owners lump us together, take away our rights. But if you do commit armed robbery, oh, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's amazing how much um, criminals get away with versus paying citizens. Right. And, and, I, and I, I bring up this point a lot that, that it's just, it, it's like they want, legal citizens to, to fail or they want compliant citizens to not partake in everything else while everybody else like if you're in this middle class you're the one that's going to pay all the fees you're the one that's going to pay all the fines you're the one that's going to deal with all the penalties you're the one they're targeting to put in jail if you did yeah. something wrong or whatever you had too many parking tickets or too many speedings or haven't paid child support like it, it's like mm -hmm. they're targeting the responsible people that that have a, a down moment and, you know, they're like, aha, this guy's registration's expired. Yeah. Penalty, fine, right. tickets. You know, it, it, it's very sad. Speaking of fines, you're going to want to go out and buy a bunch of things before July 1st because they're going to uh, add an 11% extra excess tax to not just guns itself, but gun parts and ammunition. And ammunition. I yeah. know. I know that. An I, extra I 11%. I read that. Only in California. Yep. Only yeah. in California, and we can't even buy out of state, can we? No, no. Yeah. What? What? what how does that work? I, I go to Nevada, I buy something out of state, I come back. That's just a big no-no. That's like don't. big no-no. Well, they probably won't even sell it to you, but well, they they'd probably sell ammunition, but even that is illegal. Like you're not even supposed to bring ammunition from out of state into California. What about online? Can I order online, like like legally? Can I legally order online uh, ammunition to California? No, they banned that too, huh? Because there was a moment you they could, did. right? You could. Now you cannot do that. Yeah. Now or July or when? when no, did that you happen? can't. It was um, July. I think it was like 2019 that they said you could no longer buy online. Yeah, and I then, think that's when they started like the background check. So in California, and you okay if you buy ammunition at a gun range, you have to shoot it all there. You can't take it home with you. You know what? We, 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 you're right. We did that. We went to, uh, it was my first time. I thought it was a cool spot. Uh, Hot Rods and Handguns. North okay. County. Yeah. The place is really cool. Really cool. You know, like they have everything. And it's so funny, the polar opposites from Los Angeles and to Hot Rods and Handguns, like it's just different. Like I was yeah. filming and you know, I was like taking a video and as I'm taking a video, somebody walked in my, my video and I was like, Oh, sorry. Like, you know, cause in LA they'll be like, Hey man, what are you doing? Man? Oh yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Hi do your kid. They were like waving and so friendly. And I'm like, dude, this is so different from LA. You know, LA, 
calories a mess. But uh, we we got ammunition, and then you know I was like, all right, let's take it. They're like, no. <laughs> I was like, what? They go, yeah. my, my buddy's like, I have a locker here. We can get a key. For you. Oh, yeah, okay. And I was like, wow. Is he next to Jay Leno? <laughs> probably, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. There's um, also it says H Biden, and everyone's saying it's Hunter Biden at Hot Hot Rods and Handguns. No way, really? I didn't even we'll see, see it. That. Um, <laughs> next time I go over there, I'll look at that. All right, so they lost a little bit of points there. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, with all these strict laws, who's California protecting? The criminals. That's they're protecting. All I gotta say, yeah, it's like they're making it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves. I don't know if you saw the one man, he got ambushed in his own driveway and then they took his concealed carry permit from him. Like, What was the reason? Cause my understanding, which is a terrible reason, he started talking yeah. shit to the cops. Like, he I like, heard that too. Yeah. I mean, Regardless. he's gonna be pretty heated at the moment. Yeah, so, but to strip someone of their rights because of, you know, some maybe a f few foul words here and there. It's like that's pretty. That's pretty messed up. That's pretty messed up, and especially now he's at like a higher risk because you don't know if those guys want to come back. You don't know if their friends want to come back. You don't know if they're planning yeah. a plot. Now they publicly, and that's kind of the story that I was going to bring up differently off air. That it was pretty much that the police did something to this woman, and then they released the video camera and they announced it to the world, and. Bad thing, a bad thing happened to her. And this is the same thing. Now, not only did they take his gun away, but they made it public. And now everybody's like, oh, yeah? You know, yeah. now he's a target. He's a sitting target. Right. And probably to both the criminals and law enforcement. Because if it's me, I mean, am I really going to follow the law? And If I've got, you know, he had his wife and a very young daughter, I want to say, in that home. So at what point do you just say, there's no way I'm going to be unarmed? Um, so now you're a target for both. It's like it's just a bad situation all all around. I mean, what what would what would you tell this guy? What would you say, like, hey man, you should what what would you tell him? I would okay. tell him what like, I think how? the phrase that would best suit would be um it's better to be judged by twelve than carried by six. Have you heard that one? Yeah. Like yeah. you just have to do what's best for. I would tell them to leave California. <laughs> I would say North Carolina is beautiful. We got great weather. We got the beach. We got the ocean, uh, mountains. Come in, come move to North Carolina. <laughs> really, it's that nice, huh? Probably North Carolinians would say, "No, we don't need any more people moving here." But he seems like a good family. So yeah. there are definitely people in my own family. I'm like, "No, you stay in California." <laughs> stay there. Yeah, that that's one of the problems. I mean, I, I've always. I've entertained it, but obviously never committed to it. And the problem is that my family's so big that I would have to move like five, six households. And that's, that's yeah. not going to happen. You know, it's, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm here. Now they took away his CCW, but he could still carry in his home, right? In his home. Yeah. And if he has a business, he could carry in his business, but not outside the business. So there's a few places you can legally carry. And then currently the California law is if you transport a, a weapon, the ammo and the gun have to be locked separately and you right. have to be driving or coming from a gun range. Is that correct? Uh, I know that's the case in New York. I don't think that's the case in California, but I'll have to double check that one. But I think you can be driving 
to other places besides a, a gun range, but um, definitely New York, that is a law, but I'll have to double check on that in California. What's the best experience you've ever had in a gun range? Like what's the most, what's the uh, most beautiful okay. and the most advanced separately, obviously. Uh, I would say like the most fun experience I had was uh, the Kentucky Derby. My girlfriend and I were, we spent a bunch of money on our big hats and we're like, we can't just wear these once. So we wore them to the shooting range. Nice. And we get to the shooting range. I've never been to Kentucky, but I was like, this place looks really familiar. What's going on? And it turns out it was the same range where I don't know if you remember this. I think it was 2019. The news tried to say that the machine gun shoot was actually war footage from Syria. But no, it was not Syria. It was a shooting range in Kentucky. And we were there and um and like all these old men kind of looked at us like, who are these girls with their big hats on? And the range safety officer was like explaining the safety rules like very slowly to us. And we're like, okay. And then I picked up my gun and I shot like the best I've ever shot in my whole life. And people were kind of like, oh, okay, like, what do you girls do? And my friends like, she does this. So it was fun. Um, a really pretty range was also in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, just with the ocean right there. And there's like really tall grass. And I was just kind of looking around like, People are so lucky who are members of that range in Martha's Vineyard. There were so many cool ones. Um, Arizona, I got to shoot black powder. Um, so they went over the whole process, how, how you like have to put the ball in, you pack it, and you have to measure everything. Nice. Um, that was really cool, too. Did you have like uh, like preset vi uh, what are, what you call it, vials or little, you know, mm -hmm. bottles? Put it in. And yep. <laughs> how yeah, accurate? I think I it was pretty accurate yeah and there was less kick than i thought there would be i guess um smokeless powder has much more kick than black powder and um i kind of joked it was like a california politician's dream that you would have like 30 seconds before uh you could load another one and be ready to go but and that's where the term keep your powder dry comes from like civil war like if there's a little bit of moisture if it was raining it would turn to a gel like substance so couldn't use your gun if it was raining but yeah i gotta keep your powder dry what an advancement um yeah no kidding have you ever dealt with you're very attractive have you ever dealt with like men saying like hey do you know how to use your gun like any of that like, I'm sure that's, I don't know, maybe it's happened all the time. Maybe yeah. it doesn't happen, but you get any of that silliness and no. did you get it more in one state than another? Or? Not too much. There was something that happened just a few days ago where um, I was working on a range and a guy came in and he was like, hey, did you say your husband shot in a USPSA match? And I kind of paused. I was like, no, that was me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But uh, it was just kind of funny. He like assumed it was my husband that was doing the matches. but. I mean, I really, I, I don't get, uh, there was one driver in Tennessee and he was from South Korea originally. And we were talking, he was like, so what do you do? And then I told him, and then he was laughing and he was just like, okay, so what do you really do? <laughs> and I was like, I really do this. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> he's like, that's like from a movie. And so he, I got a kick out of that, but. For the most part, I would say um, an interesting fact is like black women in America, they ha are the ones purchasing guns at an alarming rate. Like they're the biggest demographic um, of new gun owners for like 
five years in a row, I don't think they're slowing down. So when I was working in LA, I did teach a lot of beautiful black women how to shoot guns. And when you speak to them, do, do they tell you what their concern is? Just safety, uh, something they want to learn? Yeah, unfortunately, in LA, it was a lot of the same things, like just women in general, they'd say, you know, I was just accosted by some crazy person at two o'clock on a Wednesday on the sidewalk, like, can you help me get my concealed carry permit? And when I left LA, the approval rate was like 0.002%, which is exactly why California Rifle Pistol Association is suing. Um, and it was going to, even if you were approved, it was going to be like pretty expensive. And right now it's like two years that it's taking people to, to go through the process. So I would tell, have to tell them like, Hey, I can show you how to be safe in your home and things like that. But if you want to get a concealed carry permit, like you just have to know these are the hoops you're going to have to jump through to get them. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's so terrible. It's like taking your breath away. I totally understand. <laughs> uh, you kid. So sorry about that. It's okay. It happens. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm actually working on my CCW, and it's it's absurd. It's absurd how many hurdles they make for us. Right. Contact this person, wait to hear back. Contact this person, wait to hear back. Email this for permission. I'm stuck right now. Do I apply with the sheriff's department or do I apply with you know the police department? Everybody's saying do police. But then the sheriff's department. I would do the sheriff. Yeah, I would go straight to the sheriff's. Unless I, I want to say it's like Glendale, it's the Glendale or Pomona Police Department that is saying yes, we'll do them. But I think they're charging a crazy amount. Say so the, if you want my honest opinion, what you could do is get your eight-hour class finished now because I think they're going to up it to sixteen hours, and they're probably going to raise the price if they're you know these um, instructors okay. if they're going to have to be two days. So what you could do is go do the eight hour class and then you'll have your paperwork ready to go um, when the sheriff's department is saying, okay, you have been approved. Yeah, it, it, it's just, and, and, and that's good advice. And I'm, I'm going to take that because that's literally what I'm working on. But the point is, is that me knowing about guns and owning guns and, and interviewing people about guns, like, I have no idea what to do. Like, it's so confusing. They may, and it's done like that intentionally. It's the point. You know, yeah. they do this intentionally. You know, you call, no, no, go to, you know, Los Angeles Sheriff's Department and apply CCW. And then you go there and it's like, we'll approve. We're looking only at applications because we're currently full. If you live in our district, we'll give it to you. And then when you look at their district, LA doesn't qualify. It's, it's Santa Clarita, it's Riverside. Um, uh, Angeles Crest, those areas. So then they're like, well, you have to go LAPD. And then LAPD is a nightmare. So it is. There was one point like, where the only thing LAPD was doing was revoking people's permits. I knew right. it was like an 80 year old man who uh, was like a well established lawyer. 
and years prior he had like death threats against him and instead of being like oh yes we understand no they were trying to revoke this poor man's permit it just like it really makes you wonder now a, a quick question about your husband your husband was a sheriff correct mm -hmm. yeah what i think it's so funny oh, oh. i was gonna say it's so funny how <laughs> Since I used to work for the California Rifle Pistol Association, like my old employer is now suing my husband's old employer. And I'm totally wow. here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's good entertainment for the both of you. Yeah. You guys got any side bets going on? <laughs> <Mine's> gonna... <laughs> um, what percentage of law enforcement, the same law enforcement that is, you know, picking on, you know, law abiding citizens for, you know, whatever. What percentage of law enforcement do you think train their significant others and train their families in gun handling, gun control, and taking them out to the shooting range? If you were to guess. If I were to guess, I would say 50%. Really? Because um, where I live now, it's heavily military. And I do teach a lot of Marine wives who have like kind of shown them things here and there. But then a lot of wives are like, no, I don't want my husband like barking orders at me. So that's why they'll come to me. So I think they, they teach them a little bit to get by, but it's definitely nothing like continuous, I would say. Well, um, I did start a, a ladies night. Yeah. Let, let me rephrase the question. Uh, encourage their significant exactly. other in, in getting a gun or saying, hey, yeah, you should get your CCW or you should have learned how to use this gun. Um, mm -hmm. And then I want to hear about this ladies night. You do like a ladies night gun shooting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I would say like encouraging them to have knowledge would be 50%. I would say it's much lower if we're talking about getting an actual concealed carry permit. Definitely in Los Angeles, it would be pretty low because the percentage was low just in general to do. And again, like you said, they make it like such a hassle. Um, so I'd be interested to see like compared the states when it is a lot easier um, you know, hey, let's, I do teach a lot of couples, so I, I can already tell, like, since it is an easier process, it's one of those, like, let's do it in a day, go go get it done, whereas in LA, it's going to be, like, maybe two years to do, so, um, yeah, maybe it's not even just, you know, having the permit, it's just the whole, like, all the hoops you have to jump through, which is so unfortunate in California, but um, ladies' night, I think because if people are new to shooting, it's like if some people want to um, keep up. So I would say at least once a month. If you can't make it to our ladies' night is the first Thursday of the month, then at least like get your dummy rounds out, take your gun out like, in your bedroom or whatever, at least once a month and kind of get like more reacquainted. But um, yeah, we're going to do like a shoot and then cookie exchange for Christmas on Thursday. So I'm excited for that. We're going to shoot some uh, Christmas ornaments that totally explode when you shoot them. We did that last year. So I'm excited for that. Nice. I, I love, uh, I love those dummy rounds, especially mm -hmm. with my shotgun. I, I, I love loading it. I love, you know, passing it. I, I don't know what's the correct terminology, but yeah, passing it through the chamber, loading it, taking it out. Cause you know, with the shotgun, obviously you can change, you know, the different gauges and have different scenarios. Um, but those dummy runs are, are very handy. And, th yeah. and that, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. That's like the best piece of advice that you can give to anybody that buys a gun. Use those dummy rounds and practice the magazine. Do you use any speed loaders or anything? 
every now and then, I think it's important that people know how to manually load. I always recommend that. And then when we get to the range and if they're loading, um, you know, like that eighth or ninth, it gets a little bit tighter. So I'll say, okay, here's a little speed loader. And they're like, whoa, where have these been all my life? And yeah, but man, those things, I remember they cost $19. Now everywhere they're like $35 for the little speed loader. Yeah, really? Inflation. Real, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I had I had a question on the speed loader. Oh, gadgets. Any cool gadgets that you, that you like, like the laser bullets, uh, the target shootings, uh, VR, like like any any cool things other than than dummy rounds that, that you dummy seen? rounds. Um, I do have the the laser shooter. We have fun in the garage with that. Um. One thing I love, I don't know if you really call it a gadget, but they're women's clothing with uh, holsters built in to the clothing. So there's running shorts. The shorts are great because before, if I had like a sundress on, I was like, how am I supposed to carry? So now I wear these shorts with a built-in holster and it goes like right under my little sundresses. Um, I wore those all over. We went to New Orleans. And I tell people like, it's so important to look up where you're traveling. Cause after just a minute, I was like, oh, okay. New Orleans has the highest homicide rate of all of America right now. So really kind of want to like keep your eyes, you know, head on a swivel. So it was like 80 degrees every day. It was kind of funny too. We did a riverboat cruise and they were checking everyone's purses. And I had my gun on me as so I'm like, yeah, check my purse. Okay, bye, thank you. And like walked right in. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, because that's that's the thing. You, you have you know uh, so many rules and regulations. Where you go into a business and it says no gun, and it's mm -hmm. like, well, wait a minute, like are the criminals going to follow this? Wait, no. you want me to yeah. leave my gun in the car, which that's a risk, and then you want me to go into yeah. your business, and then if and then the crazy part is, is this in every state? So here's a hypothetical situation. Uh, mm -hmm. I have my CCW. Hypothetically, not yet, but I, let's say I have my CCW and then let's go into a store and I go into the store and right before I enter, it says no gun. Now I say, oh, OK, no gun. Uh, let me put it in the car because I'm a law abiding citizen and, you know, whatever. The right decision at that point would probably be is like, I don't even go in there, but whatever. So now I go to the car and I put in a lockbox and I put it safely and it's safe. And now I go into this business with my family. I go there with my wife and my, my five year old son. And now somebody walks in with the gun and, and just starts shooting. Bam, 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 bam. Hypothetically, let's say I make it out. Let's say I was able to run out and now I'm able to grab my gun and now I'm able to go and deal with the suspect. Well, in California, I was already in the safe zone. And by me going back into the, the, the place, that's that's a very gray area. Now I'm looking at criminal charges because I was because it's back to well, wait a minute, you were at the camera show, you were out. Why mm -hmm. did you go back? My family, my this, that, that, whatever. So do those gray areas exist in other places? Well, I know in North Carolina it would be considered a defense if you were at a school, you heard something horrible going on, and then you got your gun and brought it into the school to defend life. You. You, that would be in defense, um, so you would not be charged with 
with that. What I found out that I thought was really interesting, it was um, a few years ago back in Indiana, they first went constitutional carry July 1st. And two weeks later, two men walked into a mall where, of course, there's like the no gun signs. One was a good guy with a gun. One was a bad guy with a gun. Like you said, typically a piece of paper isn't going to be a huge deterrent. If anything, it makes it so they know that they're, everyone's going to be a sitting duck in there. Um, and then the bad guy with a gun came out of the food court. He brought out his rifle and shot one person. That person died. The good guy with the gun, who also did not follow the piece of paper, he shot the man at like 40 yards, pretty far. And I think he got like nine out of 10 shots. The guy, bad guy died. And if you watch shows like The View, they're like, well, he shouldn't have had a gun. Well, neither should the bad guy. And think of how much worse the scenario could have been. But what I did find out was, um, if anything, you'd be charged with trespassing. So you wouldn't be charged with like a gun crime. You'd be charged with trespassing. Right. Because there, there's, there's again, a thin line between policies and laws, mm -hmm. right? And when there's a piece of paper on a business, it's like, hey, that's our policy. Like, hey, don't do that. But that's not a law. Like, right. You know, so then yeah. the only thing that's a law, I guess, would be trespassing. Yep. And I did. So I noticed the sign on our town hall little area. And um, I talked to the chief of police. He's like, I could take it down whenever I want. I was like, just take it down. He's like, well, it's actually the town council who are requesting it. So at public comment, I gave a whole spiel on how concealed carry permit holders, we're like the most law abiding citizens in America. Like we, it's, um, there's been a study where we commit one seventh the crime than cops in America. If you're yeah. a male, you're like 13 times less likely to commit a crime. If you're a female, you're eight times less uh, likely to commit a crime if you have that permit. And I said the same thing you said, like if an evil person wants to do something, they're going to walk right past this piece of paper and they're going to take out like the one cop with a gun. And now we're all sitting ducks. And then I ran for city council, but I, I was close, but I didn't win. But that that's kind of what sparked it for me. Let, let, let's let's talk about you for a second. Where, where does all this passion come from? Like like you're 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 knocking out like. You're, you're just like anything you get your hands on, you're going to do it. Anything you put your mind to it, you're going to do it. And and it seems like even if you don't make it today, you're going to try again next year and you're going to keep yeah. going at it. Where, where, where does that come? Does that come from parents? Uh, does that come from, from life? I did. I studied criminal justice. I was just very into criminal justice and things being just. And I think like hypocrisy really bothers me. Like when I see politicians who are surrounded by armed security that we're paying for as taxpayers and they're like, oh, but you can't have a gun. Like that just really grinds my gears. But um, yeah, I don't know. My, I had really cool parents. They, yeah, they were um, like, my dad was born and raised in California. He's super cool. And um, they both passed away pretty recently, and that's kind of what sparked the whole shooting a gun in all 50 states, because I was like going through their house of over 40 years. I was just like exhausted mentally and emotionally. I was like, I need something fun to look forward to. And so having like the 50 states in my sights, that was like a really good um, kind of healing process, I guess you could say. He'd be so proud. Yeah. That, that uh, here, let, let, let's do some fun statistics. Um, I've said this one a few times because it's just so mind-blowing. 
65% of Americans have never seen the beach. What? Yeah, well, think there's only two coasts. So think about all America. 58. Yeah, that's so sad. Oh, it's, 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 well, but, but, okay. So look, 60, 65% never seen the beach. Uh, I think it was 58% people in East LA have never been to the beach. What? I used to live in Santa Cruz. I knew people, Santa Cruz to San Francisco is 90 miles away. Uh huh. I would say I've met, I, I don't want to give a percentage, but many people from Santa Cruz never been to San Francisco. And I'm like, it's mm-hmm. 90 miles away. It's an hour and a half to drive. Like you're, you're right. 28 years old. You're 35 years old. How have you never been to San Francisco? Once we had to go to the airport, you know, like something like that. So my point yeah. is, is, is you traveling 50 state. Most people never even leave their state, you know, or their when, town. Uh, I did a college internship in Hawaii and I'll never forget a couple I was sitting watching the ocean and this guy was like, well, Susan, say goodbye to the ocean. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. Like <laughs> maybe they like lived in Nebraska or something, but it hit me like, oh man, we're so lucky that we do live by the beach. Um, when we knew we wanted to move, that was my thing. My husband was like, what about a lake? I was like, no, it's gotta be an ocean. There's a difference, but there's just something that it's, even if we don't go every day, just knowing it's like right there. And I think, aren't there studies where it absolutely like lowers your blood pressure? Like as soon as you put your feet in the sand, like, I believe that. Any, any of that. I mean, the, the, the simple, there's been studies that the simple act of just taking off your socks and just walking on grass, grounding yourself, I think is what they grounding, call it. Yeah. You know, grounding yourself. And then obviously just that feel of your, your the sand going between your toes and then the water splashing up. It, it's super necessary. It's yeah. super necessary. Because, I, I, I mean, look, I'm in a room right now with artificial light and I'm in a room with artificial air. And it's like outside there's light and there's air and, and that's going to be way better, a five, 10 minute walk yeah you know somebody working in this condition eight nine hours a day 40 50 hours a week you know it's, it's, you seem like the type of person where with your family were you guys all outdoors during the whole like lockdown and covid and stuff I, like, I was out everywhere i was out everywhere um you know it, it sounds silly but i take i take my 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 five-year-old i take him to universal two three times a week and people are like what I go, it's, I did it's that a, with my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I don't spend the whole day there three, four times a week. We'll just go for one quick ride, but that whole experience mm-hmm. of parking and running through City Walk and then going into Universal and, and watching one show for 30 minutes and then leaving, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it gets us, you know, circulating. And, you know, I have the, the electric scooters and I have the electric bicycles and, you know, we cruise and go through the, and then we have a park in front. No, uh-huh. it's it's important hiking. It's 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 so important. So yeah, definitely have being around a beach, or nature, or a forest, or any of that is is wonderful, mm-hmm. and using it, and using it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How what what rule of thumb or do you have any rule of thumbs for uh, parents teaching their kids? Because I, I I you know my my son, it's so cute. I think it's cute. You'll probably think it's cute. Other people will be like, dude, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, look, you know, uh, gun, don't touch gun, this, that, 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 blah, blah, blah. And he knows. He knows, never looks at it, whatever the case is. 
And one day he goes, Papa. And I go, yeah. He goes, is this your bad guy destroyer? And I go, <laughs> and I was like, bad guy destroyer. That's <laughs> like, he made that bad up. Bad guy like, destroyer. I like that. I was like, that is my bad guy destroyer. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, Papa, you know. <laughs> but what yeah. age do you introduce kids? I mean, I, I think it's as soon as possible, you know, especially if they yeah. understand. But is there a rule of thumb? And then at what age do you get them involved into going to a shooting range, et cetera? Mm -hmm. I would say everyone knows their kids best. Um, in my experience, for some reason, the age eight is just like has been a really good age. I think that's when we took our daughter for the first time, even if it's just like a 22. But I will say in California, when I was teaching um, on my website, I had kids. And I had at least three families say, you know, we looked at a bunch of other instructors, but you were the only one with kids on your website. We want you to talk to our kids. And um, in the home, obviously I had dummy rounds, but I was helping, there was like two 10 year old boys. And you could see the looks on their face when they're holding the guns inside their house. They're just like, oh, we feel so cool. Like this is the coolest thing ever. Then go to the, it was an indoor gun range. Now it's allowed. And you could see the look on their face like, okay. Uh, and then when they actually shoot, I believe they shot a nine millimeter. I was really proud of them, but they, they took out all the mystery. They know this is not a toy. There's a lot of power behind this. If you squeeze the trigger, you are going to destroy what's in front of you. So I think it is important taking kids to the gun range and showing them like just the power behind it. So when they do see it and, um, even if they're younger, there's a really catchy song by the NRA, like Eddie the Eagle program, which honestly I think needs to be in all the schools where they teach you like you stop, don't touch, run away, tell a grown up. And it saves so many lives, just this little catchy song, like where a kid sees it, they're like, okay, I need to stop, don't touch it, go tell a grown up. So I think it's very important. Yeah, that's very, I, I like that. I honestly, I've never heard that, that, that message or that song. You know, yeah, stop, don't touch, run away, tell a grown up. <laughs> You'll start singing it all day. But I'm sure. Yeah. Um we covered the 50 states, we covered the guns, we covered how, how what what California is doing, which we don't know what they're doing, <laughs> you know, empowering about bad guys. Um what other message, uh what other message would you offer to anybody that wants to get involved with guns? And what steps would you uh, advise them to take? You know, should they take a course first? Should they buy a gun first? Should they, you know, what, what would be the the step? I'm coming to you and I'm saying, hey, uh, I want to buy a gun. What should I do? Yeah. I would say, um, good for you. Don't be discouraged. I would say go for it. And what you'd want to do is what I used to do in Los Angeles, you come to me, you could do a private class, you could do semi-private class. But the great thing was um, at the indoor range, we had so many firearms available for you to test. So some people be like, what's your favorite gun? I'll tell them, but I'll say that might be mine, but maybe it's not gonna fit your hand best. Maybe the weight won't be good for you. So if you go to an indoor range where they have um, guns to rent, try a whole bunch of different things, see what's best for you. Then that way you can go to the gun shop, know exactly what you want to get, and then just train. Um, there's people out there, so many instructors out there who would be very happy to help, um, whether like 
if you've never held a gun to now you kind of want to go a little bit faster or try some different drills, things like that. So, and then I would just say, don't be afraid, especially in California. When I left, there was like 10 million gun owners just in California. And I think that's exploded after 2020. A lot of eyes were open. So um, <laughs> I, I would go to people's homes and do private lessons. And there were times some women were like, there's nothing on your car, right? Like it doesn't say firearms instructor oh. on your car. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's all private. But I, I would tell people like, I think you'd be surprised if you were to talk about it with your mom, friends or whoever, like they might be like, oh my gosh, like we have a gun too. One, one second, Heather, because it kind of cut out real quick. So you've oh, gone to uh, houses where the women are like, you're not carrying a gun. Is that what you said? No, they want to make sure my car doesn't say gun instructor. Wow. Like they want to keep it like super right. under wraps. Yeah, and that's exactly where it cut off. Sorry, I was like, trying oh, to sorry. <laughs> um, and so I, I try to tell people like, I think you'd be surprised with how many other women, especially uh, like have guns, own guns, or want to learn as well. It's like, oh, you did that? Like, you know, what was your experience like? Uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried about expressing it too because you'd be surprised. Again, 10 million gun owners just in California alone. And, and, and where, where do you think this gun shaming comes from? Because there, there's a lot of like, 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 obviously, we're not talking about the government laws and the implement implications and all that. But where, where does this gun? It's 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 back to motorcycles, you know, like, uh, you know, you, I ride up with the motorcycle and somebody's like, motorcycles are deadly. And did you know people die on motorcycles? And like, like, all right, man, like, or, 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 or another example, when people see somebody on a motorcycle, they just say the most negative thing. All right. They just think they can, you know, hey, that's a motorcycle. It's dangerous. People die. Uh, another thing that I see where people have no boundaries. So on that motorcycles, another one that has no boundaries. Uh, when a woman's pregnant, when a woman's pregnant, everybody feels they can just grab her belly and be like, Oh my God, you're pregnant. And it's like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Why are you touching another person? Mm-hmm. Uh, gun is another one. You know, you, you, you have a gun, you don't have a gun. First of all, nobody should really know you have a gun, but if you do, it's like, Oh my God, why do you need a gun? And, and who needs a gun? And, and, and that's stupid. And that's irresponsible. Like, you know, people are trying to hide it. Where, where does that, where does that, where do those things come from? Like, just are people that's, I would say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, like the environment, certain cities who are voting for certain things. It, it's really unfortunate because I think if you do have an open conversation, I, I bring this up a lot without, when I worked for the rifle pistol association, we get phone calls. It was always young women, either like late high school, early college, like, how can you support semi-automatic weapons of war? And I'd say, like, I'd be happy to explain, but can you tell me what the word semi-automatic means? And no, they never knew what it meant. So I think it's just like you said in the beginning, just having, um, you know, the the knowledge of something just uh, like think of how empowering that would be if these people who like really don't know anything about guns um, and now they know what the word semi-automatic means, like, you know, one trigger pull, one bullet comes out, not automatic, which gets conflated all the time. But, um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that on the books in America today, we have almost 25,000 local federal state gun laws. So when people say we need more, 
what's the word like common sense gun laws, I'll say specifically, what would you like to see? And they can never, they either say like, I don't know, we just need something or they'll say a, a gun law that's already on the books. Um, so that's, I think it's good pointing that out because it makes them think. But um, yeah, that is a good question. Like, where does this all stem from? Where, where does like, it all stem from? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, 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 think, about, I, I think you nailed uh, it. It's, it's, it's awareness. It's definitely oh, awareness. Yeah. That'd be the, the, the sum of it, I think. Yeah. I, I heard an interesting fact about Florida when it comes to motorcycles. Well, I guess it's like any state that doesn't have a helmet law. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget my mom. She's getting her hair done. And the lady was saying she needed, I think it was like a kidney. She needed some type of transplant. She moved to Florida. And she got her kidney like right away. I guess that's a thing that people are doing. That it all stems from no helmet laws when it comes to motorcycles. And well, I didn't know that. I, I, I know yeah. they had a law where if you have insurance, you don't need to wear a helmet. And if you don't have insurance, you need to wear a helmet. Oh, I interesting. That, but I, I, I didn't know they could like, yeah. And wow. What do you, what's your take on that? Do you think it should be a choice? Or do you think it should be a mandated? Like, I don't know. I might be the wrong person. Uh, <laughs> my belief is I've been riding for 23 years and I never had an accident till four months ago. Uh, that was my first accident. But I strongly believe 95% uh, of motorcycles uh, can be prevented. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I strongly believe that. I do believe that it's the way people ride. It's the gear they wear. I'm the type of person that... If I'm in California and I got my seatbelt on and me and the buddies decide to go to Mexico, which we haven't done in a long time, you know, crossing the border driving, you know, my friends take off their seatbelt. I don't. I like my seatbelt. I, I feel better with my seatbelt. Yeah. So riding with no helmet, I don't think I would ever want to do that. Now, the opposite to that would be uh, in Florida, it's so human that I can't even imagine wearing my helmet when it's those months of humidity. Right. Uh, I hear that happens in Arizona too, that there's just those, those months where you're just cooking. Recently I was, I was in Dubai and you know, I mean, I, I was in the sea and in the sea, my watch was like the water's 96 degrees. The temperature was 110, but it, the, but, but it said, but it feels like 122. And while we were on the freeway, I saw these motorcyclists with their with their helmets on. I'm like, I can't uh -huh. even imagine. I can't yeah. even imagine. But then at that point, I don't even want to ride. Like that's not even, you know. And again, it's not Did fair for skydiving? me. To... What's that? Did you go skydiving yes. in Dubai? You did? Oh, not in Dubai. You know, okay. I'm so mad. I, I I went to go skydiving in Dubai, and. The stupidest thing happened. They go off BMI. And 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 I, I work out. I'm like very, I, I'm like solid. But for my height and my weight, my BMI is dumb. So anybody that works out, BMI is the most stupidest thing in existence. Like nobody that works out, nobody that's like, a, you know, like a, I'm not, the extreme part would be like bodybuilders. They don't use BMI, you know. But anybody that works out, it doesn't make sense. And for some stupid reason, uh, in Dubai, they go up BMI. And, you know, I'm looking at unhealthy people. I'm looking at, 
you know, bigger people. I'm looking at skinny, like, like people that I'm looking, I'm like, dude, this person's sick. <laughs> like this person's sick. And they're like, you can't jump because you're BMI. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You got BMI shamed. Ugh. I got BMI. Yeah, I got, I got BMI shamed. So they didn't let me jump. Uh, that was my resolution this year. And I got to jump out of an airplane. It was really fun. Where'd you do it? So I, the crazy thing was when I went to Maine, that's where the Bushes, the presidential Bushes um, senior, he was 90 years old and went skydiving. And I was like, if he could do it at 90, I'll do it. So I called. And then the instructor was like, what are you doing out here? And I told him, oh, Maine's going to be my 49th state to shoot a gun in. And he's like, come shoot at my property. So I got to shoot at this like skydiver property, but then the fog was too low. Yeah. So I wasn't able to do it in Maine. I got to shoot on the property. So that was really cool. So then two weeks later in North Carolina, it was like over the ocean. It was so pretty. How many feet? I think it was like 13,000. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did mine in, uh, I did skydiving in Monterey County. And if I, 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 I don't know if it still stands the same, but I believe Monterey County does the highest jump. So they give you a 13,000 option and they give you an 18,000 option. So I did the 18,000 insane. Wow. And then Monterey, you know, Monterey County, you know, like you see the water, you see everything. It's, it, it was one of the most beautiful jumps, but I did that almost 15 years ago. So I need a, I need a, a new run. And then the other thing on my checklist is, uh, I, I, I don't think I'll, I don't know if I'll do it, but base jumping looks like when the oh. guys with the suits, that looks, yeah, so, that's crazy. That looks uh, so cool. Heather, I think we covered everything. Uh, do you have a website uh, where people can contact you or a uh, social media page that you want to promote? Yeah. Um, so Instagram is high caliber NC for North Carolina. And my book should be coming out like any day now. Everything's all turned in. It's called 50 States in My Sights. Um, my grandma helped me name that. That was really nice. And then she died like a week later. So just oh having that title. Like, Great name. Nice. Um, Good job, Granny. Yeah, yeah grandma. Uh, and then I have a website. It's highcaliberoc.com. So I'm still kind of like both the coast right now. But I'll be in Orange County, California at the Orange County Gun Show which was booted and now it's making a comeback for the first time in years. I'm super pumped about that. So if you can make it down to Orange County, it's January 19th to the 21st. That's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe we can do, uh, will you have your book out by then or no? Yes. Yeah. It should be out like hopefully like maybe even this Friday. Ooh. I'm hoping stocking stuffers. <laughs> yeah. Send me the link. I'll promote it on the site, you know, and uh, get I appreciate it. Uh, I'm really definitely, excited about it. Definitely, I I I have um, I have the CES uh, show in Vegas, but I think that's like the 12th to the 14th. So I'll see you okay. in Orange County. We'll see. just miss you because um, Shot Show is the biggest gun show in the world, and that's right after the the Orange County Gun Show. So I'll be in Vegas right after. Nice, nice, yeah. um, nice. I'll leave it like that. I'm gonna stop the recording. And then, uh, and then we'll just. I want to hear that story. Yeah. So yeah. thank you, Heather, so much. Thank you so much. This is so uh, fun. Appreciate it.